What up y'all, it's Panda with AOD, and with me today is a special guest. I'm gonna allow him to introduce himself. <laughs> What's up y'all, my name is Deuce, that stands for Dream Under Every Circumstance Existing, and I'm, I'm glad to be here for it. Yeah, so we got Deuce in the building, of course, this is the second time, but low-key the fourth, we're not gonna tell them. <laughs> we're not gonna tell them why it's the fourth time. But I wanted to bring you back in, because you've been doing like dope things, and as I've told you many times, you gradually gotten better through each project you've released that you were never bad but you see the increase like how rihanna every album rihanna ever put out it just got better mm -hmm. so you look forward to that next album that's what you're doing here in columbus you know it's crazy because in the pre-process of like putting the project together i remember when i was sending it out to people and i just sent it out to a couple of people and you like hey i think you starting to find your sound in terms of what it is that you want to do. So that was the big thing about this project was taking um, some of my past successes and seeing what made them a success. And like, from my very first project I dropped in Columbus, it was the sound, still a classic. It, the lyrics were dope, but people was really vibing with the sound. Yeah. And then from my side, they people weren't. was really vibing with the story I was telling. So I said, okay, if I take this 90 sound and I marry it with the storytelling from, from my side, mm -hmm. I think that I have something that's a lot more personal and something I enjoy. So I really had a great time putting the project together and um, I knew it was going to be my best work and I was very particular <laughs> in like who I had involved. Yeah. Um, I just, from <clears throat> the beginning to the end and a couple things I looked up into. So it was like. Yeah. So Son of the South was the way you started it out. Yep. That track is like fundamentally hip hop. Like you come in hard, the cadence is hip hop. Like old school hip-hop not what you would consider hip-hop today if it's even really a true genre today which would be maybe like the j-rocks and the uh big crits that's how you approached it with that first track the thing i like about what my producer just so icy does because he produced the whole project um i like it because it does have that fundamental hip-hop sound but he has his own spin on it so it's not just strictly like a real Boom, back, yeah, it had a little hop to it. Yeah, it did, because, like, he got his, 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 like, you know, when, as a rapper, your lexicon or the, the use of words is very important. As, I feel like as an engineer, your use of being able to take beats and sounds and stuff like mm -hmm. that. So a lot of what he did, even down to the engineering, like, I remember him, like, sending me the beats, me listening to the beats, me recording them and recording them digitally, and it was like, yo, something yeah. about this isn't right. And I sent it back to him. He was like, the reason why it doesn't sound good to you is because I ran all these beats through analog. Like when I was, because yeah. he extracts all his beats and his samples from a record. So where people get stuff out of like a can, yeah. he gets all his stuff like off a record. The I know, drums, the I know sound, what that's the, about. I know somebody who does that. <laughs> I'm about to say shout out to whoever does that. Jim <laughs> <laughs> City Nate. But anyway. Back to what you were saying. So he does everything from a record. So that's still that organic, like, hip-hop mm -hmm. feel. So that's still paying homage to the original sound that never will go away. That's always going to be a big part of our culture. And I think that that's why you got it right with that, making that the first track in the album. Yeah, definitely. I think just even just the whole way I was putting together the album, I think, like, on my last project, I was experimenting a lot. So, mm -hmm. like, even just, like, the length of the project. Like, yeah. my last project was, like, 27 minutes. This project mm -hmm. is, like, 17 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, and I just cut a lot of the fat. So, just, like, 
a lot of those songs, like Son of the South, was just really just a stream of conscience in terms of like, I didn't want to put a hook on it, um, but I also didn't want to rap for like five minutes, you feel me? So I was like, I yeah. wanted, when the message was done, and like with a lot of projects, once the message was done and the message was out on the song, then that's when I stopped writing as opposed to like forcing myself to put a hook on the back of other stuff. So right. I think Son of the South for me was really where I was at the time when I first started writing it in terms of like, just having this feeling of representing for something. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, it was really kind of like, I don't know, it was like a level of like animosity and anger because I felt like we weren't <laughs> respected. Like as, as the South Side, as, a, as artists from that place, I didn't feel like we were respected. So Son of the South, the way it even opens up, like you mm -hmm. said, coming in hard was because I was trying to make a statement that was very particular to us. So. Yeah. And then as we talked before about just your growth in general as a person, as an artist, where you had this moment where you were thinking like people owed you something or you felt like, you know, you weren't getting the attention you thought you deserved, which you might have very well deserved it. But then you got to a point where you realized like it is what it is and like I'm, I am who I am. So I got to be that regardless. Like I can't get caught up on what people aren't giving me. Yeah, I think as I'm far like, as attention. I think I'm like 70, 80 percent there. There's a couple <laughs> times I'm like, you should have clicked that more. But why aren't you? But for the most part, like you said, just the transition as an artist, as yeah. a person, um, like this this project was uh, the last project was very, very introspective because I was literally focused on the only mm -hmm. thing I knew, which was myself. Mm -hmm. um, with this project, it was kind of like a level of maturity that mm -hmm. I went along with, and like you said, as an artist. I just think the things that I'm able to handle now and what God has put in my hands, he's put a lot of amazing things in my hands and opportunities recently. Mm -hmm. But like you said, it comes with a level of maturity and having, um, not feeling like you deserve stuff or if you miss something. I think, man, you talked about earlier, like when it's meant to be, it's meant to be. So there's a lot of opportunities I'm getting now that I thought I should have had a year ago, but they feel right. Like once I get in that moment, the magnitude of it isn't too big. I feel comfortable. I'm like, okay, this is right. Yeah. This is appropriate for this time and place. Yeah. Start no bullshit, nigga, it ain't lasting Only 
it into my head for sure. There was, there was times so where it's like... So they mentally got you to that Yeah, there, there was times where it's like, I've made it, I've arrived. And that's what I always thought was that there's this moment where you just kind of like put your arms up like, I've arrived, I've made it. Yeah. And it's like, it's never really that in life. It's like these gradual just like... You learn it a little bit more, and then you stumble, and you mess up, and you learn it a little bit more, and you stumble, you mess up, and you yeah. learn it a little bit more. But I got a lot of really good people around me. Uh, shout out to Blayton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> shout out to Blayton. Uh, shout out to Blayton. That's my management team, and it consists of uh, Bardo Jones. Bardo created it, right? Bardo created it, CEO and founder. Um, and so uh, him, uh, Rachel Renee is also part of it. Tree Mandela and uh, Chief Third Baseman. So all those guys are my team, and just from a level of whether it's you know Bardo printing up the shirts mm-hmm. or how Rachel put together the uh, website yeah. or just even the camaraderie that we have, just as a group, just sitting down and they kind of check me when it's like, okay, Deuce is known to go off the deep end. Sometimes right. it's like, all right, yeah. Deuce, reel it back. You feel me? Especially Bardo, he's really like on top of that. Him and Rachel are very on top of like. How is Deuce the person doing, not just yeah. Deuce the artist, you feel me? So that's very big. Yeah. And so with all of that, like, who are who would you say are the people who you keep around you that influence you the most as far as your growth? Um, I think that some people that definitely have influenced me, like, in a very, very big way is always going to be my family. Mm-hmm. Um, because they knew me the whole process. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think also my friends, uh, I got friends, all my friends actually live out of town, but on a weekly basis, I try to talk to them in like a group chat. We have the boring group chat. It's like, yeah. God bless you. God bless you too, brother. Let's have, but That's it's, good. but That's no, but boring. it's what you need. That's yeah, what it's, you it's need. daily That's affirmation that and yeah, and it's just nice to be able to step out and, you know, have that kind Sharp of refreshingness when you in a, yeah, when you in a world of like. You know, you know how rap can get or how entertainment can get. So to be able to step out of that and it's kind of like, yo, like to them, I'm still Tim. Just be blessed. Yeah, being blessed. I care for you. Yeah. So So my homie Coop, my big bro Nehemiah, my homie John, uh, my little bro D Man, and then uh, just some homies from the neighborhood, my homie Terrence and my homie uh, Jesse, who are actually on the project and helped very heavily inspired because it was kind of the the conversation we had. In the background. Yeah, so for the majority of it, it's Jesse and then T is like the very last person. Yeah. He's out, he ends up the project. But just even the conversations that we had to get my mindset into, they kind of like were really my my introduction to the South Side. Because I, I grew up out there, uh, but my mom always kept me in like sports. And she kept me in just like always into something. So when I moved back as an adult, it was kind of like, all right. They've lived here. We've all lived in the na- same neighborhood within, like, these streets. But then they just hang out in a barbershop, which is always, like, a central point in any neighborhood. Yeah, for sure. Hanging yeah. out in a the barbershop. The and then, yeah, so hanging out in the barbershop, uh, heading up to the rec center and being involved in the community and stuff like that, like, gave me a different outlook on where I live. Because when I left, I'm like, man, I can't wait to get out of here. But then coming back and being involved with people in the community and really taking pride in this, like, oh, wait, this is somewhere I want to be. This is somewhere that, you know, I love and I, you yeah. know, I, I find near and dear. So 
those are definitely some people that just outside of music who may not ever get like the the album credits and stuff like that who kind of keep me in balance That's and keep real. me in check. Like you said, who may not ever get the album credits? Yeah, for sure. Like my mama may never end up on a <laughs> on an album, but you know, if I get yeah. too out of line, she gonna she gonna get with me. Yeah. So I want to speak about um, ain't forget about it. That is a very very uh, pay homage type of track to the hood but also it speaks on a lot of things that are like hitting close to home lately because i'm Mm -hmm. not gonna i'm not gonna harp on it but like the whole passing of nipsey hustle everybody the big centralizing topic is do you keep yourself in the hood do you go back to the hood do you move in the hood or do you get to a point and then you leave you can still get back to the hood without actually being there I've seen you done, you've done a lot of footwork in Columbus. You've done a lot of footwork as far as like doing events that aren't really necessarily trying to take people out of pocket, but you want people to have a good time and you're strategizing in different ways doing that stuff. So do you, it sounds like from that track that you don't plan on never being in the hood. (laughs) You plan on being in the hood. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was, I was like, you never plan on being in the hood. I was you like, whoa, 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 plan, hold, you don't hold plan up, on, viewers at home, I love the hood. Never being in the hood, so you don't plan on being that dude that people say is never there. You always want to be in the hood. It's, it's definitely a thing that I think about a lot consistently because uh, my neighborhood in itself, being from the south side of Columbus, is in transition. So what people are considering the hood now is very much going to change if we don't do something about it um, as citizens in that community. But for me, I guess, so pretty much when it comes to where I'm from, it's not necessarily about never leaving it, but I felt for me personally, I'm one of those people who was super detached growing up because like I was an athlete. So my thing was like, I'm a play ball. Uh, I'm going to move to one of the 32 cities that has an NFL team, and I'll come back once a year, twice a year. You feel me? But I'm going to be living out in Cali because I'm gonna be playing for the Chargers. And so with that mindset, I robbed myself of a lot of things that yeah. now, looking back, now it's like almost like how people have their childhood and they get sick of it. Like, oh, I've been here for 18 years, 20 years. It's like I'm really just realizing what's in front of me and so I want to be heavily invested so it's not that I'll never leave the south side like I'll never move from it but I do always want to have a foundation and a root like I said just thinking about probably wanting to buy my first home on the south side and stuff like that I always want to be a part of that community because now I really have a genuine uh, love for it and a genuine respect for it and I'm able to interact in it a little bit different than when I was younger because when I was younger a lot of situations were controlled for me like Go here, do this, go here, do that. But now as an adult, I can walk up the street freely. I can decide how I want to spend my time. And that freedom has allowed me to get into certain things that have made me be like, okay, I really like being out here. I really enjoy my neighborhood. I enjoy the people out, yeah. in, out here. You feel me? So. This for the South. This for the South Side. This for the South. This for the south side. This for the south side, my niggas always be outside. This for the south side, my niggas always be outside. This for the south side, my niggas always be outside. This for the south side. This for the south side. 
This for the south side, my niggas always be outside. This for the south side, my niggas always be outside. This for the south side, my niggas always be outside. This for the south side. This for the south side. They so in love with us, you cannot fuck with us, nigga. We did it through rapping. Blatant as fuck when I'm pulling up addresses, but this ain't no fashion. This is a lifestyle. Niggas hungry, talking right now. Used to write, now it's typed out. Hop on the wave and get wiped out. She leave with us, she get piped out. Nigga, pipe down. I was born here, this is my town. Let the strap off like block out. Get the Russian niggas like Moscow. One beef, nigga, this is my cow. Maybe I'm being too drastic, but nowadays, niggas get played and all of these bitches be plastic. Then be the fakes. Claim me your mans, but really a snake. Then be who hate. Niggas who watch this spot, they cannot wait. Try to snatch all the food off your plate All in my circle is day one You get to talking that A1 Action first, after verse I put you in a hearse So don't try to perk When you off a perk Cause I can get you murked Put on a shirt Hey, your mama crying at the fucking church I a family nigga leave you in a lurch Just some goon niggas who done put in work Just some cool niggas who done did some dirt With the school witch, it's time to get you learned Play with fire nigga that can get you burnt Call me deuce nigga cause the shit too turnt This for the south side My niggas always be outside this for the south side, my niggas always be outside. This for the south side, my niggas always be outside. This for the south side. This for the south side. This for the south side. Last time you and I got together, we talked a lot about faith. Is your faith still heavily intact? Like, are you good? Oh, yeah, nah. <laughs> I, I think, um, honestly, my faith is really the thing I think that's took me over the top because, so 2017, it was all about deuce. I came back, I'm like, yo, I want to rap because I want to be important and be seen and stuff like that. 2018, I started to pick up themes about the community because somebody challenged me. They was like, you rap about the South Side. <laughs> what are you doing in it? You feel me? So I'm like, yeah. what am I doing in it? So that's when we started doing that's a lot of the community cool. service and stuff like that. that. Community service and thinking about the way I was carrying myself. But at the beginning of this year, actually, what happened was I got in a car accident at my job. And so for about mm-hmm. like a month, two months, I couldn't work. And it was just literally me by myself. And I think that's what God wanted because he wanted to get, have a chance to sit down and talk with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of show me like, hey, you're, I've, gift, I've gifted said, you with sit this. Down and talk with yeah, me. that's what it had to be. Cause my I life always envision a conversation with God as a sit down. Yeah, because <laughs> everything for me was moving so fast and everything was hitting, but it was empty. It was like, I, I could kind of see where this is going, yeah. but it's always getting murky because I'm putting my faith in man or I'm putting my faith in the environment so and you know those things can change they're yeah. just very fickle so if I'm like I love the south side but what if the south side don't love you back or I want to hang out with these Ooh. people but they don't you feel me like That's I was real I was attaching myself to that and it was like oh my god well I got in line Sheesh. with God's purpose for what he wanted and mm-hmm. he was like okay you building your foundation at first it was on you that wasn't strong enough then you built it on community that was a good idea but still not strong enough it still wasn't and then when I start building my foundation on God he really start allowing me, for one, to help mature me. Mm-hmm. I can say right now, God, uh, one of my recent relationships, um, are two things, I think, that helped me mature into the person I am today and the artist. And so you can see that in my artistry and see it. And I don't think that I would be prepared like I am now. Like There's so many things going on. Like I said, life is starting to pick up and move fast again. But because I took that time to kind of sit down, and God was able to shape and mold me and be like, okay. Yeah. And he sent me back out there better prepared. Yeah. So. Definitely. It'll be continuous. It'll be continuous as far as like those conversations with God, but not only our conversations we have with ourselves. I feel like we always gotta touch base. You gotta sit down and you gotta touch base with yourself, no matter what you do in life. Yeah, just recognizing who God made you. I think, like I said, for a lot of artists, I know it's very hard for them because they attach their identity to everything outside. Yeah. So all the applause, all the shows, all that stuff like that, and it's like 
I used to do that when I very first started, and sometimes I still battle with that. But yeah. now that I've attached my identity to who God wants me to be, yeah. it doesn't matter who or what as long moves as you're around being me. That, yeah, you're good. Because I think I shifted from a star or wanting to be a star to wanting to be a leader or actually being a leader. Because a star is somebody who's made by the people in terms of like their perception and how they feel about you on that day. In terms of being a leader, it's more along the lines of you do what it is that you do. You yeah. do whatever it is that you're called to, yeah. and the right people will come behind it. So I think me and you had a conversation about, you know, as a star, you can have a thousand people who at the moment's notice could just mm-hmm. stop messing with you. But as a leader, even if you just got ten people, yeah. if you're a great leader, then those yeah. people will go to the help for you. They will. They will spread the word. You, you know, so. that's, how it, that's how it started with the disciples. That's how it started. But back to the album. Okay. We had a church. <laughs> so we had a church. What is your favorite track off of the album? You know, honestly, I think my favorite track is probably uh, the last track, which is The Hood Is Our Home. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably my favorite track. I love just how you because, titled the album. Yeah, the, the album is so, like I said, the, the whole album, because I don't know if I said the name, is Somewhere Out South. Somewhere Out South. And that's less about geography. Like, it's about geography because literally I'm from the South Side, but in symbolism, just the identity that I've developed from being from the South Side and, like, taking less and making it more and being always the discounted side. And, you know, when you think of the south side of a lot of cities, south Chicago. South, south is Philly, always the worst side. You know, it's crazy. South central. When you think but of like those things, yeah. like when you think of yeah. gentrification and things, like the south side about to be the right side. Yeah. <laughs> you feel me? But before that, like now it's going to get all this glory and this love. But before yeah. that, there were people who started businesses there. There were people who did great things in their community. So, like I said, the first track being Son of the South, second track being Outside, um, and like I said, just moving through, one thing I, that I loved about the project was I was able to begin it with God and end it with God. So with The Hood Is Our Home for Mine to Yours, that was kind of like my, you know, with every project I try to kind of lead you with where I'm heading to yeah, next. that was kind of nice. like open-ended. It like, was upbeat. Like, yeah. it was chill, but it was upbeat. And that's, yeah, and that's what I want to do. So that's probably my favorite track just because it's like what's happening next. Which yeah. I think those last tracks are definitely my favorite because it's like, okay. And I'm segueing into something different. I'm yeah. opening up. Because like, even with my last project, when I ended with Still a Classic, in my mind, I already knew that I was transitioning back from going from a hip, from a experimental sound to your more traditional hip-hop boom-bap. Even though most people were like, I hope the next project all sounds like from my side. And yeah. I was nervous because I was like, that's not what it's going to sound like. I, I knew it wasn't. I think you did great. Like, I'm going to boost this track up or this album up so much because the dynamic is there. The like thought process into the naming of the different tracks is there. Even the the conversations in between the tracks with you and your dudes is, like, perfect. Like like I said before, like, it reminded me as if you guys were just walking through the South Side and you're telling stories about the South Side, like, from the beginning to the end of the album. Yeah, the, the, the how the project begins is literally a typical day. I walk through the door at the barbershop. <laughs> Jesse always greets me, like, my nigga was good with you, da 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 And from there, I just start telling the story. And by, like I said, by the time you get to the end, a lot of times I've been there for so long, it's like, yo, bro, it's the end of the day. We locking up. Gotta go. Yeah. And then by the end, Jesse, or T just usually strolls in, like, hey, what's good with you guys? You know what I'm saying? That's exactly what it was. It was like, all right, dude. Like, you been here, dude. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta roll. And then by the end, T is like, all right. I, I remember we were laughing, and it really got beat. It was like, Bro, how do we end up such hood-ass niggas? Like, we, our parents didn't raise us like that, but just a byproduct of our environment, bro. Like, we literally just are, like, low-key looking like your stereotypical hood-ass niggas. But what is that, though? I, well, I can remember. This is what happened. So, <laughs> Jesse, I hope you don't mind me telling this story. Jesse uh, was, you know, he had a friend come pick him up from the corner store. Really, he had a friend drop him off at the corner store. 
So him and T get out the car. They go pick up some stuff. When they go, I'm heading home. I'm just walking home. Just regular day. They're like, hey, yo, Deuce. And that's literally how it, Jesse yeah. is just like, hey, yo, Deuce. He always sees me. So I turn around. I'm like, oh, what's good? He's like, we about to head back to the crib and kick it. So when we get back to the crib, he already got somebody sitting on his porch waiting for him. Yeah. So now his friend is kind of looking like, I could tell it's their first time being in this environment. Mm-hmm. And clearly they're from somewhere else. You could tell by the car they drive and stuff like that. And... I just know that it creeped the person out. Like, yo, like this is really like a hood ass yeah. scene. Like, yo, we picked a nigga up from the corner store who I've never seen. He's big and black. We've never seen him. There's yeah. another guy. That's the thing, though. That's the crazy thing is I think we're in a beautiful place where society is turning that image from the beautiful or the the big intimidating black guy to like a big black guy. Like, he's probably the coolest person in the room. Like, people are starting to get to know black men more i'm not saying it's like completely different but like i see the beginnings of like people getting to know the black man for who he has been and who he is and it's like it's beautiful to see like we've been working on them with black women we still got a long way to go but like with black men it's finally like that door is opening to be like oh he's a nice looking guy not oh he's a black guy who might be intimidating or might be dangerous which has never been the case but that's how society portrays you I think for women, the, the great thing about black women is that we're living in a day and age where they're being empowered. So while most people see that as like aggression and stuff like that, it's really just you for the first time are getting to see what anybody has seen if they've grown up with, uh, you know, with a mother that's, you know, active. And you know what I'm saying? Like black moms are some of the like, to people, they're very scary, but they're some of the most nurturing the and loving. people and on, on the face of the earth. <laughs> very strong. And just you'd be surprised like what black women I can't, can I can't do. go in enough about my mama, man. Yeah, what black women can do are just, like, it's amazing. Like, what women can do, period. But just as a black man, just how much I love black women because of all the things you guys can do, mm-hmm. um, all the things that you guys have been through and mm-hmm. still just always pushing forward. Like, yeah, I just sure. think that that's amazing. So, I, I definitely think the narrative is changing, mm-hmm. and it's for sure. Like, I'm the biggest guy in Blayton, but I'm also, like, the nicest guy in Blayton, and that's yeah. the worst-kept secret. It's like, oh, yeah, deuce. And it's like, nah, not deuce. Deuce is going to want to pray for you. Yeah. Deuce is going to ask you what's wrong with you. (laughs) You feel me? So, but definitely I like that. I like where black men are going, like you're saying, being able to be a a lot more sensitive and vulnerable. But I also love where our black women are going, where they're Mm -hmm. being empowered. And you're starting to see them uh, in roles of strength and Mm -hmm. roles that, you know, you normally would say are masculine. But really it's just a role of, like, strong, just bold yeah, we appreciate you too. <laughs> so, first of all, have you seen uh, When They See Us? Have you watched that yet? I haven't been able to. to and, and this is why. Because I was aware of the story way prior before, like, they had made a which name. Like, I, I'd heard a story. Um, but for me, the one thing I've been really dealing with a lot is black trauma. Because yes. as an artist Ooh. and as a... It's crazy how, as an artist, I'm so proud of you. You're low key interview. scared. No, <laughs> I'm because sometimes I'm scared to like streets that I've always lived on. It's like, okay, okay, I'm living, I'm getting to a certain level. But then you see somebody like Nipsey who has done nothing but amazing, amazing things. Amazing things. He done made his. He done, he done had his uh, his past, you know, discretions that he's mentioned, but he's actively worked to get past those. Yeah. Like he's a- he's actively gotten out of that and been like this is what i've done he's educated the kids don't do this be this be great you can do this he showed us so many different ways that he changed his mindset and how it impacted his life like man no it's, re- it's reality i think what nipsey was was reality 
you know, you get the, it's real. the gangster rap image. You got Nipsey's at home. Yeah, but yeah. you got to really see who Nipsey Hussle was and, like you said, seeing the good and the bad. He came from the biggest hood. That's why he was so impactful because he, like I said, you got Nipsey's at home, but his home was L.A. L.A. got a hood. People don't think it do, but everywhere got a hood. And so he coming at some on some real hood shit, like some real, you know, your homeboy down the street type shit where he... You can identify with him so much, that, and that's why he touched so many people because he came from the biggest hood, which is also the hardest hood. It's hard to get up out of there. Yeah, because what I think, and I want to get back to black trauma, but my homie was breaking down the how the hood system is like. People here think they gang banging, but I just be like people here really are just thieves, or they trying to trick you. Like it really, you're not gonna get pulled up on for really being a blood or a crip in Columbus, Ohio. You not. Yeah. Now, if you done something wrong to somebody, you finessed the wrong person, or you did. Most people was like robbers. Like, that's what I know. Like, niggas in Columbus is just bandits. Like, yeah. they just taking shit and just living lawless. Yeah. But in L.A., my homie really told me, like, there's a difference between, you know, one set of Crips versus another set of Crips. And they may not yeah. like each other. And that didn't make sense that's to me. Exactly. Like, yeah. they're from different neighborhoods. Like, 20s and 60s it's is like two different they're sets. They're dividing up the, even the, the gang. Like, they're dividing it up and they're, like, segregating that. It's crazy. But just in terms of black trauma, when you see someone like him be taken down or it's, to see him. It makes you feel like, what is your position? And who and you know who am I to succeed? So stuff like when they see us, I'm really tired of it. And no knock on it, I think it's probably an amazing film. And yeah. a lot of people do need to see it who aren't aware of just the yeah. situation and aware of black trauma because there's a lot of people who don't realize that. Yeah. But for someone like me who, who grows up or who's very aware of black trauma, it's like, I don't want to see that because then I start playing in my mind as I'm exactly, walking home. What yeah. are the things that can happen yeah. to me? What are yeah. the and be, being a God fearing man, you know, I just try to pray and try to keep yeah. that kind of spirit of fear up off me. And I think it affects you the most because you are a black man. Like honestly, and you're a young black man. Like, like, like keeping it all the way real. I knew of it, but I didn't know the full extent of the story. But I knew of it. However, I would say that for me, regardless, because there's been times where I didn't know the story, like Nat Turner. Mm-hmm. For me, it's not if I know the story or not will I watch it. I just happen to like, I like to watch it on a history nerd type of person where I'm, I want to see how they depict something that was historic to see if they do it justice because this is what the babies are going to see who don't know the story. So I'm, I watch it as a critic to like the, the future, basically, of thinking about it as these are these little black boys and black girls and these little white boys and white girls and all the other shades and ethnicities in between are going to see this story and does it do it justice so that's why i watch it but i agree and i think that's very valid on why you don't but i also like you said i like watching stuff that are like documentary style Mm -hmm. stuff like that based on true stories because i always want to see what they did in the past what worked what didn't work what helped us progress what are things that we could have tweaked because the thing about when they did something in the past was they didn't we know how it ends up happening Mm -hmm. we know you know the impact but they didn't at the time so what was it that they were doing and it was like that went great what are things they didn't factor in? What are things that, you know, like, all right, man, that was great, except for the fact that you forgot to talk. Like, civil rights was great because it helped propel black men forward. Yeah. Did we simultaneously propel our black women at the same time? That's there the thing, too, is, like, the black women were pushing the black men forward, so it was a beautiful thing that happened. Since I was 16, a nigga had big dreams I know what that shit mean, ain't forget about it I've been working on flows, through my highs and my lows Man, just see how it grow, ain't forget about it 
Off the corner, we dip fiends and niggas who sit lean. I probably was 15, they forget about it. No matter how far I go, only place that I know, all the love I'ma show, ain't forget about it. We gon' make it stories narrated in the hoods we navigated. Trends was appropriated while them cops instigated. They done penetrated culture. Watch as I slay all the vultures. Bootleg the flow for some dough, they Dutch shulcher. Me, I earn my grip from busting bricks like a sculpture. Say my work of art came from the heart. Light in the dark, let me play my part as a nigga climbing up the charts. Used to see them sharks, now I'm on point like darts. Sir, these niggas out of car, more G than Kirby Smart. Sifting through my conscience for content, these prophets will profit. Claiming that they God sent, that's nonsense. They don't know what God meant, nigga, what's the word? Truth be told, man, most of them shits is verbs. This is my warning, better rap on it instead of act on the same block that sold my uncle rock. I'm back on it. Ever since I was 16, a nigga had to be One thing that my grandfather said, and I think it holds true to any community, not even just the black community, but even the creative community, he said it's best. it was best, he felt like it was best for him when we were developing our own things. He said, as a yes. black community, when we yes. had, his, his father owned several stores. Other communities. When we had our, had our schools, when we had stuff like that, and I think that I definitely agree with you that the what happened was white was the standard. So as soon as they felt like they were able to get a piece of the American yeah. dream, the white dream, mm-hmm. then you're right. Then a lot of the fighting, I think, because I'll be honest with you, and I can understand where they're coming from because, like, we fought. People were dying. People, you know what I'm saying? Like, and so the fact that we got a piece of the goal, you feel me, that's great. But then, like you said, what really was the goal? Because now you've literally put yourself into a world that they never intended yeah, for you and you didn't belong in. quality. It's never just to get by. And yeah. we've been just getting by. But it's up to us to dig deeper into our culture, but also just to love each other at home. And understand that we we know what the value of our dollars are. So let's just put them into each other. And you don't have to erase everybody you support. If you know somebody that's dope, that's white, that's Asian, that's Jewish, that's Hispanic, that has something dope going and their brand is dope, support them. But put into your people and do that the most. Because your people are, this is your community. Your baby's going to be black. Mm -hmm. You want them to inherit a better community, not just what you can provide out of your pocket, but a better community to live in. And I agree with that. And I, like I said, even on a creative level in terms of like what's going on in Columbus, like we definitely have something very special and it hurts whenever somebody says, I'm moving to New York, I'm moving to LA. I'm Anytime they get like that little 15 minutes of fame or a little bit of clout, it's like my nigga. If 10 niggas who moved to Atlanta stayed here in Columbus and just continued to build the infrastructure and the network and stuff like that. So like you said, it's supporting I give each them other. They, I get them they props too, because it's hard to stay at home because you do have an ambition and a drive and the city don't always receive that and sometimes they do but because we are just now getting into this industry sometimes it's hard for us to even like maneuver how we want to maneuver because this industry is so new here so I get it from their perspective too I just think that as long as there's a joint camaraderie like if you leave or if you stay as long as when I come to the city you show me love when I'm away, I show, and you come to my city where I'm living at the current time, like, my city is Dayton. Let's just get that straight. <laughs> but if you come out, if I'm living in Cleveland or I'm living in L.A. or something, and you come out there, I'm going to show you love. If we kept that relationship instead of being like, oh, you left, you done. Oh, I'm here, I'm trash. Like, if we kept that relationship as a camaraderie type of relationship, then we're going to keep building. That's all that matters. I think my issue, like I said, with people leaving, because you're right, I think people 
have a right to do and pursue whatever it is that they mm-hmm. want. And not everybody leaves. Everybody has different reasons for, for leaving. Mm-hmm. My issue is when somebody will do something like find a piece of gold and instead of running and telling everybody else where the gold's at, you just take your piece of gold, hide it, and so you can get far enough away. Or like, yeah, you know what I mean, like you never build like with that, yeah. Because and the great thing about New York rap and LA rap was that prior to having the internet and really being able to just you know get up and move how you want, yeah. New York literally focused on the culture within those five boroughs within that radius of just like really honing the culture and building infrastructures. And they went over to LA and they did the same thing. And like a lot of the cities that are really succeeding, they build their infrastructures first at home their best rappers stay there and they hone their skills and they create infrastructure they create tiers and stuff like that and you'll be surprised how um yeah like houston like everybody's like houston is the center of the world now you know or atlanta is the center of the world now but if you talk to those guys it's like because at one point we weren't the center of the world and instead of dispersing and going to different places we just start building ourselves up we took our resources we took our best producers and put it with our best rappers and we took our best venues and we threw shows there to give an aesthetic and a look i just think that's something that as an artist i'm challenging a lot of people that's one of the things that i'm challenging a lot of columbus artists to do and two, I'm challenging them to be more than just an artist in terms of being figures in your community. Yeah. Because you don't, re- I never realized how much of an impact I could have in my community with or without a microphone. Yeah. With it, because it gives these kids the idea that I don't just have to be whatever. Yeah. Without it, because it gives them a sense of pride to know, like, oh, this guy is from here and he's giving back or he's being involved or, you yeah. know, he's making these type of decisions. So, and them impacts you make will grow. Them kids will grow with you. Like, you will have a fan base off of them kids. Oh, and, uh, you know, the thing about me is I always want to be a leader and not an idol because I feel like some people either people make them people like that or people decide to make themselves like that. Like, an idol is something that you... will become one, though. That's the I, thing. When you're powerful, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not speaking that on you, yeah. but I'm just saying in general for, in, in general for powerful people. You will become an idol to someone because that's just what it is. Like when somebody, it's it's not that you're trying to, but when you are, when you have a clear message that's true to you, and somebody connects with that, they really like that becomes a part of their life. Like mm-hmm. they want to see you succeed. They want to watch you move, and they want to learn from you, or they just want to. They just happy to see you winning. Yeah, and I appreciate that. I want, but I want people not to. I feel like you worship idols instead of really practicing what it is that they teach. Like, like I said, I would prefer to be a leader because I feel like an idol is something that you even like, on just the the religious or the faith based thing. Yeah, you don't want to have false idols. Yeah. You don't have false idols, and it's like I want you. I'm still a real living person. Mm-hmm. So even though as the 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 level of power goes, it would be harder to contact me. I still am living in amongst the earth, so you can kind of, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think a lot of people disassociate, like, they look at these people, they see these people, but they disassociate themselves. Like, I wouldn't even, a lot of people probably, like, I wouldn't even walk up to Nipsey Hussle, not knowing that if you remove that, what's name, then you remove that barrier that you put in your mind, you can sit down and have a conversation with this man, because you see it all the time. People are like, I sat down and had a conversation yeah. with Nipsey. and that's how I moved life. since day one. I feel you on that. I've always been like, whatever, if I see somebody I respect, I'll reach out. And it always works out, like, there's times where you don't get a reach back, but it's because you have to continue to do the work to get there. That's something that was so hard for me because it's like, <laughs> and I, we were laughing about it before. Yeah. I said, I'm getting a video interview. Deuce then level up. I'm looking right at the camera. Deuce <laughs> then leveled, leveled up. up. <laughs> but like you said, but it feels appropriate. Now, just in even the time and space, like last year I was doing a lot of different podcasts and it was very like 
scattershot. I, you know, and I was doing it because I wanted to build these relationships and stuff like that. Now I know, like, I, I wanted to make sure that the content, yeah. um, you guys are putting in this time and work, I wanted the content to be vi- viewed. And so I put together a schedule and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I reached out to you. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a very busy woman. <laughs> Nate is a very busy man. If you want to get in contact <laughs> with her, months you before no like legit <laughs> though because that's something that i, I just don't y'all, realize i'm like, glad that you did that and i kept it in my mind like i would check back into my calendar like okay when is this interview okay cool yeah because i was like i get it because you're you're a business you got certain ways that you move and it's like where i work at if they want something for the next week you got to put that order in if you want it uh monday the 10th you got to put it in monday the third mm-hmm. so that people know you know what i'm saying like you can't just call it in the day of and stuff like that so a lot of artists having to learn how to function and work with the media because you guys right now, the media is winning. And as artists, we're nothing without media in terms of like, especially media that's really doing its job. Like as an artist, you can create your own media and your own little stuff, your own little blog, stuff like that. But there's people like people like you will really sit down and are dedicated mm-hmm. and are really giving us an opportunity to be more than just artists mm-hmm. and being able to speak for ourselves and mm-hmm. empower us. Like, you got to respect them just like mm-hmm. you can't expect for somebody to call you the day of and be like, every day that you get a show, it's a day of call. Yeah. Like, hey, come down to such yeah. and such. A, nah, it ain't happening. It's not happening, bro. Like, yeah. you got to call me. A lot of my stuff is planned out five, six weeks in advance. That's how I'm living. I'm living with a calendar now. And I yeah. never thought I'd say that, but it's like, if I don't live with a calendar, I'm you just being, you yeah, got you to. you have to. And so. that's dope. When you on a level where you got to live through a calendar, that means things are starting to stack up. <laughs> yeah, I'm, listen, I can't wait till I get to the level where I'm living with an assistant. Like, that's it. <laughs> you feel me when it's like, Chad, yeah, yeah. Check, check the calendar for me. Yeah, that's Thank a you. good level. Mm-hmm. One thing I do want to commend you on is, like, I appreciate the fact that you do these podcast runs because I just seen somebody post that they interviewed you and I was like, you know what? Deuce <laughs> on his runs. You're the only artist I've seen really doing it to that level and I think that's very important because I'm always harping on bringing the media industry back to Ohio or in Ohio. We don't really, we've always had a media industry, but we've never had it like we see it on TV. We've never had it like New York. We've never had it like Miami, never had it like LA. And a big part of that, like what you do as far as an artist, reaching out and lining up these interviews with these other podcasts, that's what people's managers do for them in these bigger cities. Like that's what is happening as far as like, the um, PR people and all of that stuff, and you're doing it yourself. You're reaching out, and you're like, not to say you don't have a dope team, because you do, mm-hmm. but you reached out to me, you scheduled it way in advance, and you did it based off of how you were going to release your project, which means you had to release your project at a certain time. Or you yeah, had that to was, cancel, woo, you that had to was a big thing. <laughs> Just real quick, the project, I was supposed to put it on IGTV, and I actually said it in one of the interviews, because the interview came out a little bit after the project, so we filmed it a little bit before. Well, literally, the week before the project comes out, IGTV tells me that it only has a 10-minute cap. I'm like, my project's 17 minutes. So then Rachel goes back. She creates this beautiful website or whatever. I say all that to say, preparation is a very big thing. And you were asking me, where do I see myself next? Um, One thing that I'm trying to be and always I'm going to strive for is to be somebody who's champion Columbus culture, which wasn't my goal when I first got back. At first, I was the champion of Deuce. Mm -hmm. Then I was the champion of the South Side. Now I'm the champion of... The Southside and Columbus. <laughs> I'm always going to be Southside, but off. I'm, I'm branching up. But it gets bigger as it goes along because you realize yeah. your, your responsibilities and you realize how things are. So for me, it's dope, and I'm glad that you're recognizing. Hey, Deuce is putting together a podcast run. Hopefully, the yeah. other artists that are watching me uh, for the other artists, they're like, "Yo, Deuce did that." Yeah. 
I want to do that too. And then for the consumers, you know, for the fan base, it gives them, you know, alternative. What's that like? I don't. I feel like the problem with artists is you go off the map. Either you go off the map or you oversaturate because either you only pop up when you drop music and you only drop music once a year or twice a year or you oversaturate to the point where it's like, I don't want to see. Sometimes people just want to see you talk. People yeah. just want to see you in different things. So for me, I've tried to use my platform to promote um, my music. I try to uh, use my platform to promote other platforms like what you got. Yeah. I try to pr uh, promote community and things like that so all the stuff i'm doing in the community yeah. so my big thing is just being multifaceted because when you look at your favorite artist that's what it is like yeah. chance the rapper has put out he's been out what eight years now or mm -hmm. five six seven eight years he's been out a long time he's i been, don't know if it was quite eight though it's, it's probably like chance has probably been out since like 2011 so yeah it was a little bit after i went to college yeah, yeah so like seven eight years that he's been out and he's only dropped three or four projects but in the meantime he's, he's been involved a lot in a lot yeah. of things from short like films that docu-serious, um, the interviews and stuff like that. So for me, it's like, hey, if I can, it's a win if I can go around Columbus mm -hmm. and be on these super duper dope podcasts mm -hmm. that are well-produced and well-organized. Yeah. And it's kind of a win-win because it's like, it shows the artist, hey, these networks and these channels are open to you mm -hmm. because dude started out from Nathan and now all the, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> I'm sitting on your couch. Nathan. Get, Nathan, Nathaniel, like nothing. You feel me? Like legit. I remember yeah. coming back off the bus, like I'm home, and it's like yeah. nobody cares. And building myself and that's up. That's around so. time when you hit the creative plug, cause you was like, I'm, I'm fresh out of school. I'm yeah. here. Like, what's up? Like, I'm, I'm rapping. You freestyle for the first time, like for me. They yeah. like you freestyle for the first time in front of me at the creative plug. Overall, like, where can people find you at on your IG? Tell them about the website, and also just let people know what you have coming up. Okay, so I um so for Instagram you can find me at no room to fail. Should I look at the camera? At no room to fail. That's no room the number two fail. Um and then on the website is somewhereoutsouth.com, so www.somewhereoutsouth.com. Um and it's funny because I've done I'm doing so much media stuff in June that we're really kind of waiting it to July to see hopefully catching people's attention and the projects yeah. start to pick up and stuff like that. So, so basically I know, just catch you on the media run. Catch me on the media <laughs> run and then shows will start dropping. I know that we got Confest June 30th. So shout out to Bardo Jones. He He's the one shout who Shout out Bardo. That. Search Army of Dreamers on any streaming platform. And also I'm looking forward to keeping up with you as well, Deuce. Because you have been plugged into the platform for a long time. And also, like I said, I've been recognizing your journey and you're doing a lot. You're very much so pushing yourself forward all the time. As I'm leveling up, you're always leveling up. And that's what I like to have around yeah. me. It's like, I like the fact that Blayton always is doing something new and cutting edge. Yeah. Shout out to Nate. Uh, I'm super, like, I super duper dope professional. I know you never get to see him, but the, the visual is just on point. So, you know, hey. shout out to Nate. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to hold the camera like it's, it's me. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, you already know what it is. It's Duke. He was late as always. This for the south side. My niggas always be outside. This for the south side. My niggas always be outside. This for the south side. This for the south side. This for the south side.
They so in love with us, you cannot fuck with us, nigga, we did it through rapping. Blade as fuck when I'm pulling up, addresses, but this ain't no fashion, this is a lifestyle. Niggas hungry talking right now, used to write, now it's typed out. Hop on the wave and get wiped out, she leave with us, she get piped out, nigga, pipe down. I was born here, this is my town, let the strap off like block out. Used to rushing niggas like Moscow, one beef, nigga, this is my cow. Maybe I'm being too drastic, but nowadays, niggas get played and all of these bitches be plastic. Them be the fakes, claim me your mans, but really a snake. Them be who hate, niggas who watch the spot, they cannot wait. Try to snatch all the food off your plate All in my circle is day one You get to talking that A1 Action first, after verse I put you in a hearse So don't try to perk When you off a perk Cause I can get you murked Put on a shirt Hey, your mama crying at the fucking church I don't family nigga leave you in a lurch Just some goon niggas who done put in work Just some cool niggas who done did some dirt With the school witch, it's time to get you learned Play with fire nigga that can get you burnt Call me deuce nigga cause the shit you turnt This for the south side My niggas always be outside this for the south side, my niggas always be outside. This for the south side, my niggas always be outside. This for the south side. This for the south side. Hey, I'm, 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 h